1: I didn't really come for her at the moment, but I should have. I didn't tell him I love him, but I should have. How many times have we all spoken words similar to those? I know personally, I'm haunted by the last phone call I had with my brother. I vividly remember answering the phone late one night on August the 26th. I was sitting on our maroon oversized chair and the TV hummed in front of me. The phone rang, jerking me out of my stupor. When I picked it up, I heard my brother's voice on the other end. I remember being agitated that his call had interrupted the show I was watching. I rolled my eyes and answered the phone. Now, as our longtime listeners already know, my family and I are very close. We're like the Waltons, calling I love yous and goodnights as we fall asleep. So despite the fact that my brother was 26 years old, he still called to check in with my mom when he was going to be late. Gee, which is my childhood nickname. Tell mom I'm not coming home tonight. I don't want her to worry, he said. I told him I would relay the message. Good night, he said. Bye, I mumbled as I hung up the phone and turned my attention back to the television. My brother died the next afternoon in a freak car accident in our driveway. He was 26. I was almost 17. The last phone conversation with him replays on my saddest days and I find myself saying if, over and over, I didn't tell him that I loved him and I should have. If I had known the last time we talked would be the last time, I would have told him how proud I was of him. If I had known the last time we talked would have been the last time, I would have told him he was my hero. If I would have known the last time was the last time, I would have told him that I loved him and really sounded like I meant it. If I had known, I would have told him that all he did for me, the rides to practice, the trips to the Mexican restaurant, the trips to the Daw department store, the unknowingly cleaning vomit out of his truck... Would be the times I look back on and smile. It's all the things left unsaid that creep in on me in those darkest moments. It's the actions of love and appreciation left not acted that break my heart. I know we've all heard the saying that actions speak louder than words. Opening the door for the stranger shows your manners more than simply saying I have good manners. Hugging your friend at her mother's funeral can say more than simply saying I'm sorry. When the couple at the center of today's story argued so badly that Warren stormed off and the others stayed in the motel room, it was all the unsaid words and actions not carried out that haunt this boyfriend. Quote, I slipped her keys off her wrist so she couldn't drive, Eddie said. I didn't really comfort her at the moment, but I should have. End quote. This is the story of Kelly Brennan.
2: Welcome to Coffee and Cases, where we like our coffee hot and our cases cold. My name is Allison Williams and my
1: name is Maggie Dameron. We will be telling stories each week in the hopes that someone out there with any information concerning the case will take those tips to law enforcement so justice and closure can be brought to these families. With each case, we encourage you to continue in the conversation on our Facebook page, Coffee and Cases Podcast. And to follow us on Instagram at Coffee Cases Podcast and on TikTok at Coffee and Cases Podcast. Because as these families know, conversation helps to keep their missing family member in the public consciousness, helping to keep their memories alive. So sit back, sip your coffee, and listen to what's brewing this week. So in one of the episodes that we had pre-recorded
2: in July, we were asking all of the slew towns out there to vote, vote, vote on Podcast Magazine um, Hot 50 yes, yes. and continue to vote for us. Please continue to do so every day if you would like, but you know, <laughs> at least once. But we didn't even ask the previous month because we had pre-recorded all of our episodes and the Podcast Magazine uh, volume that came out at the beginning of this month, we were number nine. I know. So we dropped a little bit. Now we're back up in the
1: top 10. Okay. I still would like to see us up there in top five. I I would not going to lie about it.
2: I know. But I'm so, happy.
1: Um, same. And a little disclaimer about me because you guys know I tell you about my life. Um, if I sound a little hoarse today, <laughs> recording this, is because I nearly died eating dinner this afternoon. <laughs> she choked on chili. <laughs> I did choked on chili and a cracker, and I thought Anthony was gonna have to give me. The, well, I thought I was gonna have to do like the sign for choking because he was just staring at me, and I was like, eh, eh, like, trying to cough it Universal up." Universe was fine. Yeah. Then finally he said, "Are you okay?" And I was like, "I mean, I'm almost dead now, but I got it back up, so I'm fine." I don't know why I'm so, laughing. I don't want you. I don't want you to choke. <laughs> Well, anyways, so on to today's episode, which has nothing to do with Chili.
2: Or the Heimlich Maneuver, probably.
1: (laughs) It does have to do with chickens, though, so there's that.
2: Okay, I'm ready. So
1: it was actually um, a suggestion brought to us through one of the many true crime groups we belong to, and before we started recording, Allison belongs to like 50-something? Yeah, 59.
2: 59 Mm -hmm. true crime groups.
1: Yeah, on facebook so yeah we're addicted but this case (laughs) um, is a newer missing persons case allison it's only about a year old but if you're anything like me and obviously i know you are um this case is going to seem like a case from like the 60s or 70s because the circumstances around this case (sighs) which i i hear the irony in this statement are so weird for 2020 which i know is It's ironic but like the people we're talking about specifically one person named kelly um was just such like an old spirit and a lot of the things that like she did just don't fit with the time period of today okay i feel like i'm an
2: old spirit too in a lot of ways so we'll see
1: yeah like there's going to be some things about us that like we can identify with with kelly and then there's mm-hmm. some that i don't think that you would but you may surprise me i don't oh, know okay i'm ready to see so um i know a lot of the times we run into like with newer cases that there is a not as much information because mm-hmm. they're so new but that is not the case with kelly because there are people like marshaine adams and she was actually um, who contacted me about Kelly's case? But she has kind of like picked up the task of keeping Kelly's case fresh in everyone's mind. And she has a Facebook group. Well, she added me to a Facebook group dedicated to bringing Kelly home, called Kelly Brannon Missing Discussion Group. And this page has like um, probably a dozen files on Kelly. There's timelines on there, videos. So, despite the fact that sleuth hounds, Kelly has no. Like she doesn't really have a family. She has an elderly mother. Um, but her like circle of people have done such a good job of keeping her case of focus in the eyes of the public. So you know, it's up to us to be her voice, and we have to keep pushing for her. And so I'm anxious to kind of share this story with you guys today. That's
2: awesome. So shout out to Marshane Adams for doing that because that's so crucial for. You know all of the the people at the center of our cases to have somebody who makes it their task to kind of share information. But like you said, Maggie, I mean that makes it even more important that you, Towns and that Maggie and I join these groups too. So make this, I guess, Group sixty. Yes. right, that I'm gonna join because, yeah, yeah it, we do need to be the voice of of the people in our cases because these are the cases that. You know, it, it's not the high profile, you know, mm-hmm. that you're seeing on 2020.
1: Exactly. Um, and like I said, Kelly didn't have like a large family that she was in constant communication with. Um, she did, though, have a pretty large friend group. And in that circle of friends, Kelly was the life of the party, the free spirit, the one who was like guaranteed to make you smile.
2: Oh, yeah, that's not yeah. me.
1: I'm not the life of the party. <laughs> I'm like in bed by 930. Yeah. You're like, um, I'm the life of the party until it like, gets like 8 PM. Yeah. Then I need to go home to get my jammies on. <laughs> yeah.
2: And then the free spirit. I don't. No, I'm too much of a rule follower for that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But kudos t- to Kelly. Yeah. And some parts of her life, I am kind of envious of the like lifestyle that she is able to live and one of her friends, Cheryl, actually spoke with WCTV's Katie Chaplin and said, quote, Kelly is unlike any other person I will probably meet in my life. Always, always interested in creating, just an incredible person, end quote.
2: So so super artistic, it sounds like, or at least like free thinking, not, maybe not even just free spirited.
1: Both of those are yeses. Yeah. yeah. So she is like free spirited and she's also um free thinking. So there's a two part article called Unsolved Florida, who is Kelly Brannan and Cheryl speaks in detail about, about Kelly and the friendship that they shared. Um And a portion of the article, I think really kind of spoke to who Kelly was. She says, quote, it was Brennan's meaning Kelly spark that drew the pair together 20 years ago in fourth grade and what makes it so hard now that she's gone and cheryl says we want closures no that's not at all what cheryl said (laughs) what did she really say we want closure we want answers end quote and that's more like we all yeah, that makes much more sense. i <laughs> so know someone who, like if you think back on growing up, like someone who couldn't wait to escape the town they grew up in, you know, maybe yeah. that person is you sleuth hound out there listening. Um, but we know somebody who needs more and needs to find it by kind of exploring the world on their own.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I see it that really a lot that with person. my students. Yeah, it's kind of like, And I think the same with Kelly. I mean, I don't know. But just thinking about like our kids, because we both teach in small towns. So it's like Mm -hmm. there's so much more that they see through social media or the news or just hearsay. And -hmm. it's like they want to experience that and they kind of have to experience it for themselves. But eventually they come back to their roots. Mm -hmm. And Kelly did the same thing. So Cheryl described how Kelly knew right away that she would leave their small New Hampshire town to travel after high school, so very unlike us, Allison. This is why I was saying, like, some things I don't think that we will like identify with her. With mm-hmm. and this, I think, is one of them. But she actually hitchhiked her way across country, making it oh, as no. far south as Mexico and as far north as Canada. Oh no! Mm-mm. Yeah.
2: No. 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 And, I'd like, be like, I really, one wanted... mom? Do you want to go on a road trip with me? you know like bring my mom with me or
1: something yes exactly (laughs) and like I really envy people that have a spirit like Kelly like I wish I was just like brave enough Mm -hmm. and that's how I describe it because it takes bravery just to like live that type of lifestyle but I'm just way too cowardly to let go like I have to have too much control yeah yeah So what is Like Us, Allison, is the fact that Kelly recorded all of her travels and experiences and what she was planning to become a documentary of her, like, life travels, which I think is kind of cool. That is neat. So she knew her life on the road was temporary, and she actually ended up coming back home to earn a college degree and eventually went on to get her master's in creative writing. So that's why I said she was kind of both of those things that you talked about earlier. Yeah. So she was free-spirited and she was free-thinking.
2: Yes. And yet it seems kind of grounded, too. Like knowing that yeah, she like, needs to get the degree and and things like that.
1: Yeah, that's a like, kind of here-and-there lifestyle can't mm-hmm. last were forever for her
2: mm-hmm.
1: she's also by many described as a hardcore activist Friends said that she was at the front of the occupy wall street movement which was i thought really cool
2: mm-hmm. i could totally see that with everything that you've said so far
1: mm-hmm. and then she actually ended up living in new york city for about 10 years along the way she picked up music she started a rock band oh, what which, i know kelly like lived life. multi-talented too yes and she played in that rock band, like, anywhere and everywhere she could. So, parties, bars, outside on the street, just, like, anywhere where people could hear her music.
2: About as close as I've gotten is karaoke. I'm I did- too scared
1: to even do karaoke. What? I did have that yeah.
2: signature, um, Funky Cole Medina. That was my song.
1: Well, one of my friends that I work with, her husband does karaoke, and he always does a boy named Sue. <laughs> And he did it He He did. it on their honeymoon this summer in Mexico at, like, whatever resort they were staying at. Oh, my goodness. I feel like everyone
2: who does karaoke has, like, their signature song. So maybe we'll have to post on our social media and ask what everybody's signature karaoke song is.
1: Like, last Sunday, I went to church with my mom. And we sing in the choir. And, like, I sing. And, like, the people that do the announcements are like, you should sing a solo. And then, like, people will say... Like, there was a new person there, and they were like, who's that girl? She has a really great voice. And they're like, we try to get her to do solos, but she won't. And I'm like, that's exactly correct. I will not.
2: So you're not going to be starting a rock band like Kelly, then?
1: Oh, no. In my shower, (laughs) for sure. Shower band. Yes. And she actually would go on to do something else that I could not do, but she couch surfed her way to Florida.
2: Yeah, she's trusting of people.
1: She is. Um, so she stopped in tallahassee through these couch surfing travels to play at the bark downtown which i'm assuming is a bar in june of 2019 um, and kelly actually ended up being a regular there at that establishment and sadly her picture her missing persons poster is still hanging on the wall in that bo- in that bar mm-hmm. Which I think is sad. And it's fading as time passes without significant progress made in her case. Mm-hmm.
2: But yeah, she sounds very, like, nomadic, too. Which is weird yeah. because the whole, like, it, it she is like an anomaly. You know, because I said, like, grounded mm-hmm. yet free thinking earlier. Because, you know, you mentioned, like, she lived in New York City for 10 years. But then she'll also, like, pick up and couch surf.
1: Yeah thing she just wants to experience. Yeah. Like that. yeah. While living in Florida, Kelly met her boyfriend, Eddie Emerson, and I want to go ahead and say um that Eddie is being looked at by police like it's not something that he doesn't know. Like mm-hmm. he has been you know, named a person of interest. He is also though one of the people still searching for Kelly. So whether you think that is out of the goodness of his heart or like him trying to kind of put up a face for police. Um, He Mm -hmm. still is out there trying to find her. And we'll talk about him um, because he's obviously going to play a really big role in the events leading up to what happens to Kelly. Okay. So their relationship was tumultuous from early on, in some cases even described as toxic. And this rocky relationship can be followed sadly through police records when asking interviews about it though eddie is honest about their relationship he answers questions and like doesn't really try to hide the fact that maybe they weren't the best for each other
2: well that's positive at least i mean at least he's being honest
1: yeah so there is you know some honesty there and i don't know to the degree to the degree in which he is honest but he does talk about like their relationship and then one particularly bad argument between the two um this was in like december of 2019 he was arrested in gainesville the day after christmas because he hit kelly in the face
2: (gasps) okay that's not good
1: yeah so it's not just like they argue a lot or you know they cuss each other out this is like physical abusive Yeah. yeah it's physical Police photos from that night show Kelly's face red and swollen, and a friend of Kelly's would share a photo of her from a few days afterward where her eye was blue and black with bruises. Mm -hmm. Uh. But it seemed like the two, though, Allison, were kind of ready to start over. Um, They wanted to move away from the area and start fresh. It seems like we always think if we run away from our problems that they won't follow us. But just from... You know, this show alone, just from copying cases, we have learned that is definitely not the case. Like, how many times did Cindy James move in episode eighty-two?
2: Oh my gosh! Like, literally, she, probably
1: eighty-two times.
2: Yeah, it was like four or five times. That yeah, that she and moved. her problems
1: followed her every single time.
2: Every single time.
1: And I don't know that had this move been successful for Kelly and Eddie. Like, if they had successfully reached their destination, I don't know if the move would have left behind the issues that plagued their relationship. Usually, like you said, the problem follows. Exactly. And regardless, though, we're optimistic. The two pack up their things... You know, each in their own car. Eddie and his 1982 Toyota pickup, and Kelly in her 1999 Toyota Camry, and head up Interstate 75 toward Detroit, Michigan. So they have guitars in tow, Eddie's dog, and eight chickens. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and they were on their way to Michigan to buy a house for two thousand dollars because they were going to remodel it. Two thousand dollars, twenty twenty. I'm pretty sure that's what my memory said, or my memory serves me correctly. This had to be, like, who knows
2: what kind of condition it's in.
1: Yeah, like falling down, probably. Oh,
2: my goodness. I see it. Maybe he's attached to his chickens, but I feel like, I don't know, maybe, maybe sell your chickens and get some new ones once you get there. Yeah, that's a, um, that's a, I mean, that's a haul. They're going from Florida.
1: You're also going to have a lot of chicken poop on your truck.
2: Yeah, a that's lot. a
1: lot of poop. And but, if you have ever inadvertently stepped in chicken, oh, poop, yeah. chicken poop barefoot, that is probably a very Kentucky thing that just came out of my mouth. It's disgusting. Okay,
2: well, so my stepson and his wife, they have yard chickens.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So they, you know, they come out in the morning and they go back into their coop at night. But the rest of the time they're in the yard and it, it honestly, I like the chickens. They're sweet, but it kind of freaks me out when they follow me.
1: Yeah, I don't do chickens.
2: And then you, yeah, there are times when you got to dodge, you got to watch for chicken poop. And I mean, that's just life. But the, yeah, there'd be a lot of chicken poop in that truck.
1: I just don't think I would be attached enough to eight i mean i love animals but right. i think i would just like you said maybe leave my eight chickens behind and yeah. maybe find find a good friend that's what to I'm keep, thinking. keep my chickens mm-hmm. but yep. they pack the chickens up well there we go and they head, are on their way to michigan okay they do not make it very far though before they encounter what they believe to be just a small speed bump on the way okay. but these events would like catapult the rest of the story so okay. about 77 miles into their trip so we're looking at an hour Yes, because we're on the interstate. Eddie's truck broke down after the transmission overheated and it Mm. left them stranded. Y'all know I can't do names. I'm going to guess this is Shawnee County.
2: Or Sewanee.
1: Sewanee County. Floridians, (laughs) we don't know. Right. Something like that. Yes, but anyways, they get stranded in this county, and Eddie told Dateline that they had the truck towed to a local car shop in nearby Live Oak, Florida, and the couple just decided to camp in the area for a few days while they w- waited for repairs, and sleuth hounds, you all know that Allison and I do not camp. No, We don't nature.
2: No, we do not.
1: periods of time. And... How sad is it
2: that probably what he was going to have to pay to get his transmission fixed is what they're going to pay for their house. <laughs> That's, that is true. So, I not thought of that. There goes their money. But it seems like but, they're, you know, in, in good spirits otherwise, I guess.
1: Yeah. And, like, I find it hard just because I am me to imagine doing what this couple had to do. But Eddie and Kelly actually slept, like, on the grass. Mm. By the road that night. First it of all, I'd be covered in ne-
2: bug bites. So I can't.
1: Well, I would be covered in hives. So <laughs> <laughs> there's that. Between your hives and my bug bites, we'd be a mess. Yeah. I'd be like, we're turning this thing around. We're yeah. going back right. 77 miles. <laughs> but it wasn't until the next day, according to Where's Kelly Brannon on a website called Story Maps, which, if you have not checked out, is Just as cool, dare I say, if not cooler than Crime Door. Really? Yeah.
2: Okay, I'm going to have to check it out.
1: Um, That the couple had the car towed that they would go on to, like, find my favorite food for lunch, which was Mexican, and eat at a Mm. Mexican bar and grill while they waited for the assessments on parts. Okay. So they spend the night, then they go to lunch, they're waiting to figure out, like, how much everything is going to cost. And from what I read, and this is weird too, but maybe I'm just not, like, well-versed in auto repair. But it appears that Kelly and Eddie actually had to find the transmission part for the truck. It, like, it wasn't something that you could order. Maybe because it was, like, an older model, I'm guessing. Oh. And the couple would actually go to Lake City, Florida, in search of the part. Here they would stay the night at Cypress Inn. Following breakfast the next day, the couple would return to Live Oak, where they actually purchased a tent. And kept out behind the Mexican restaurant where they ate for lunch. And we're now to July 11th, 2020.
2: Okay, so two things I noticed. Number one, they really like this Mexican restaurant.
1: Who like, wouldn't? a lot. And number two, so they stayed at a hotel and then they went back to camping? Yeah, I don't know if it's like a budget concern. And I'm kind of leaning towards, yes, it's more of a budget concern than a preference.
2: But then you'd think they would have slept on the grass in... Lake City too.
1: Weird. Maybe it was just like they could only Kelly could only stand it, or Eddie could only stand it for a few days, and it's like I have to shower, which would uh, be me.
2: Yeah, that's fair point.
1: Over the next several days, the couple travels to and fro trying to find a transmission for Eddie's truck. Thankfully, on July thirteenth, they locate one and they leave it with a repairman to begin repairs the next morning. But when Eddie calls on the morning of July fourteenth, repairs have not started because Eddie has actually purchased the wrong transmission.
2: Oh my goodness.
1: I'd be so So mad. I'd be like, wait a
2: minute. We have been going back and forth for days and you got the wrong
1: one. Right. Exactly. And that's exactly what happens. The two start arguing because I too, like you and Kelly would be like, okay, this is ridiculous. Like I've been in this little town for several days. Like, you need to get your crap lined out or I'm going on my own to Michigan because this is taking forever. Well, they would have been in Michigan by now. Exactly. Um, But Eddie is actually able to persuade Kelly to stay one more night while he tries to sort things out. And this time they decide to stay at the Sunshine Inn for the night because it has the lowest rates in town. And that's why I thought that maybe the camping was like a budgetary thing. Okay. Okay. So, the couple is arguing even when checking into the inn. And mm. this time, I can't put myself in Kelly's shoes because unlike most couples who may argue over the room cost or where to eat dinner, the couple is arguing over the chickens. Oh,
2: the chickens again.
1: See? He should have just left them. Because, okay, well, remember that they also have the dog oh. that they have with them. And they have the chickens. Right. Right. So they're arguing over what's like, where are these chickens going? And in an interview with NBC News, Eddie said, I found a grassy spot in the shade for them, but Kelly wanted to bring them up into the room. Which, oh, oh no. The I chicken, mean, po- party, the chicken like, poop problem. Yeah. But like, if you're super attached to these chickens, like, I can maybe get it. Like, you don't want them, but they've stayed in an inn before. So what do they do with them that time?
2: I don't know.
1: Yeah, I just don't, like, when we went on vacation, my sister-in-law watched our animals, and um, she almost overfed my fish, and, like, he almost died, and she was really upset about it. And I'm like, while I love him, he was a, like, $15 fish from Petco, and he's lived, like, six months, so that's pretty long for a fish. Like, I'm not going to be, it's not like my dog, right? you know, which I know is heartless, but, like. I don't know that I would, I don't know how worried I would be over my chickens. I say that, and then I'd probably cry. I mean, who knows? They had to be outside. Like, they might have names for them.
2: Like, you know, Margaret and Henrietta or something.
1: That's true. And, like, I think there's a lot of chickens. But Eddie explains, like, I already had my dog with us, he says, in quote. We didn't need chickens in the room, too. We'd had a long couple of days, and I was tired. So, yeah, I got angry. I threw my hat on the ground and yelled, and we just kept arguing, end quote.
2: Okay, well, now he I said, can get where he's coming from, too. Because I don't think it's the smartest idea to bring the chickens yeah. up to the hotel room.
1: Like, the animal lover in me would be worried about my chickens. Because y'all know, like... You do love your animals. I worry over stuff. Yes, I love animals. But then, like, the Juanie sleep-deprived part of me would just be like Eddie and just be fed up and just want to go to sleep. Right. He said Kelly then angrily left in her car while he set the chickens up outside to graze and then headed to the room to rest and while in the room he said their argument continued via text messages but but kelly would eventually return to the room with pizza and wine and he says they made up
2: well we would probably have proof of purchase right of the pizza and wine maybe
1: yeah we know that she purchased the pizza and the wine and we know that she made it back to the hotel room we don't really know if they made up in the way that he thinks they did Mm. but we know that she's in the hotel room for a brief while okay so he says quote by the time she came back we both pulled off eddie said in like one of his interviews he goes on to say when she saw the chickens were fine i think she calmed down i gave her a hug and everything seemed okay again end quote But, like, this reconciliation did not last.
3: Mm. As
1: the sun was setting, they start to argue again. And it seems, from what I read, that they are arguing over the chickens yet again. Because some were able to escape from Eddie's enclosure and Kelly was mad. Oh. See, this is where Mm. I think I would more empathize with Kelly. Like, I think I would be fine if they were tied up outside. But if one got away, I think I would really be worried. Right. Um, and they do try in vain to catch the chickens, but they are unsuccessful. And Eddie tries to reassure Kelly that he's sure they'll catch them in the morning. Like, I don't know. I guess the chickens stay around each other. but
2: Well, and wherever they bed down when it gets dark, they don't move from there. That's why, mm-hmm. like, my um, stepson and daughter-in-law, they have the chicken coop. And they leave the door open because as it gets dark, the chickens will go back home. But if they don't make it back to the chicken coop before it gets dark, they'll like bed down wherever they are. Yeah.
1: Well, you all learned something today with me Mm -hmm. about chickens. Chickens can be wily creatures except at dark. So, being as upset as she was, Kelly insisted that the remaining chickens come into the the hotel room with them. And, like like I said, I'm there for that, Kelly. Because now I would be worried about the rest of my chickens. Yeah. Like, I don't think I would have been able to leave them outside. But, according to a timeline posted on that Facebook group that I mentioned, there were several interesting people staying at the hotel that night that Eddie and Kelly argued. And... We believe that possibly there could be connections there. Oh. Now, this timeline did list these people along with their room numbers, but I did not include that in the episode for you guys. Um If you're interested in that, it is in that Facebook group that I mentioned earlier. Okay, Because I didn't see, like, the connection. Maybe mm-hmm. I missed something in the research, but I didn't want to just, like, put out all these people's names. Right, without being able right. to make them back in her case, yeah. you know?
0: You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.
1: So remember, we're now on July 14th, mm-hmm. and Kelly and Eddie have argued on and off all day and all night They're, like, basically tired of looking at each other. And according to Eddie, he finally gets angry enough that he leaves Kelly. Because I picture them arguing at this chicken coop. Resting. Temporary chicken coop. Yes. And he goes to the room to rest. And, again, the two exchange text messages back and forth. These aren't your typical, like, couple arguing text messages or even, like, A happy couple kind of arguing or a love arguing there's a lot of name calling a lot of blaming mentions of other women mentions of sexually transmitted diseases and infections and a lot of anger so this is like you know what last straw
2: i'm gonna pull out i'm gonna pull all the punches low blow after low blow it sounds like
1: Yeah, so I think the chickens escaping from this temporary housing area was like the straw that broke this relationship's Mm -hmm, back. mm -hmm. So, a lot of the text messages, and again, you can read them um, in their entirety, well, what this is provided on that Facebook page. But a lot of them, um, and you all know we try really hard not to say curse words on the show. So, a lot of them had a lot of cursing in them so i had to kind of pick and choose Mm
3: -hmm.
1: ones that i put but if you want to read them they are located on that facebook group um at one point kelly actually writes to eddie quote clearly you don't want to be together probably your family influenced that so just be effing honest for once end quote and i think she like has from what i could tell a not so great relationship with his family Mm mm-hmm and another message to Eddie, she writes, quote, I could give you the world and it still wouldn't be enough for you. Nothing will ever be, and I'm sick of trying. I did nothing wrong. End quote. So I feel like from these messages there's a lot of anger that goes beyond chickens escaping from the chickens. Yes.
2: Gym. It has more with feeling like you're a not a team, mm-hmm. like you don't feel respected. That's what I'm getting.
1: Yeah, and from the messages that I read between the two, it seemed like to me Kelly is expressing like her need for comfort at times or like how unappreciated she feels. And Eddie, in the messages I read, never offered the slightest apology. Instead, he just asks like she brings food for the chickens out of the car or the dog's water bowl or the dog's food. It's never like... I'm really sorry. Please forgive me. It's just like, okay. Or like, the dog's Mm. hungry. Bring his food up. Mm. So, around 10.30 p.m., the man named Jr. he is staying in room 69. Okay. Which is beside Kelly and Eddie. They're in room 70. Or Eddie is. Kelly is not in the room. Right. Let's Eddie know that Kelly is outside crying, upset, and angry. So, at least at 10.30... This JR guy
2: sees Kelly,
1: and she's upset, uh, but she's there. Yeah, just kind of like walking around the property, but she is there, and Eddie is able to find her, so he leaves to check on her, and according to Unsolved Florida, Kelly Brannon's case details, there's a quote that says, quote, she was crying, Emerson, meaning Eddie, said, she was miserable, she was drunk, I didn't comfort her, I just took her keys off her wrist and said, you can't drive right now, all right? end quote and he actually admitted to locking kelly outside of the motel room but i don't know that that sounds as bad as or it is as bad as what it sounds i think because uh, i'm uh, i'm playing devil's advocate for eddie but like i'm assuming that her key to the hotel was attached to the keys that were on her wrist and when he took that he took that key too Oh, like maybe he didn't realize that he I think took at, that
2: key. Also, he just thought he was taking the car key.
1: I think at first it is that. Because he says, quote, I just went back in the room stupidly. I just went back in the room, end quote. And that's the last time he would see her is around like 1045. So I think at first there's that. But then I think kind of later on he realizes but is just so angry i don't know that it matters oh no so at 10 51 eddie gets the following message thanks for ignoring me and locking me out con man i hope you're sending lots of hearts to all your old hookups see i think there's like maybe a very brief time that he doesn't realize it but he knows it by like almost 11 p.m right
2: yeah and you'd think at that point if he did you're right it has to be like pent-up anger Maybe at that point. If he didn't immediately go unlock the door. Yeah. And like
1: if Anthony and I were arguing. Which obviously we don't have a relationship like this. But like if I was just like storming about an unknown area. And like sending Anthony all these angry messages. He would just like literally pick me up and carry me. Right. Into the hotel room.
2: Yeah. And I'd be super upset. Even the fact that he said he
1: Admitted that he didn't comfort her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's one of his big regrets in this case. Mm-hmm. At ten fifty four, he receives the following message: "I know how you are, and maybe it was my mistake to get involved with a millennial who's addicted to their phone."
2: Oh, sure. there's a low blow.
1: Yes, I know. When I read that, I was like, "Ooh, look at her though." <laughs> She says, sure, you and Nat, which means Natalie, because she's mentioned in some of the other text messages, and I'm assuming, like, Natalie is an old fling of his, Mm. have more in common than you think. I'm sure you can still get back together, and you treat her well. You should be with someone you want to be nice to, and that's not me, obviously. Would be cool if you give me some gas money I spent driving to get your transmission. Oh. So she's, like, done.
2: Yeah, it sounds like she's, like... You know, these are the comments. Well, I mean, they have I guess they've said bad, angry things to mm. each other before this. But it sounds like, yeah, she's maybe ready she's to end up. a relationship.
1: Yeah. And according to one of the timelines on the Kelly Brennan Facebook page, at around 1230, she begins sending text messages like this. Quote, I'll leave with nothing once again, one text says. Oh,
2: so this has happened similarly before then. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, When Eddie gets a text message reading, quote, congrats, you won. Tell your fam at 1235, he asks her to come to bed, to which she responds, are you ready for this Yeah, I'm ready. Quote, nah, I'd rather starve to death or jump off a bridge or be eaten by vultures than share a room with someone like you, end quote. Oh! Yeah, so she's literally, like, disgusted by this man. Yeah. Which makes me wonder, like, what else is going on that day that we don't know about?
2: Yeah. But, you know, and some part of me feels like she's either done or she's so hurt, you know, that she's mm-hmm. like talking in these extremes, but like in her heart of hearts, she doesn't mean it.
1: Or I'm wondering if it, and again, I don't know, this is purely speculation, but I'm wondering if it's like we've talked about before, like how abusers and abusees kind of respond to each other Mm -hmm. like if she that this has happened before and she's kept going back and she's now Mm -hmm. just like realize it's this cycle that she's fallen into right she's almost had enough of it yeah like she even tells him that she's going to report her car stolen like that he stole her car and these messages go back and forth like until close to 1am so this has been going on now for what since Before 11? I feel like years, but yeah, it's been several long hours. Okay. A voicemail stamped at 1259 a.m. is left from Kelly's phone to Eddie's. Okay, and Allison, I am going to play you the majority of that message now. Okay.
3: Oh, great. You're sleeping. I'm so glad I got that message from you before telling me how you're sorry and you love me and how you want me so much and all that. Bullsh- just to get my car. Well, anyways, I've rented my own room at the Sunshine Inn and I've reported my car stolen and told them who stole it. So, expect cops knock at your door and I will be right next door at my own motel room because I'm not allowed to stay with you because I'm in a You'll get the benefit because you only look out for you. It's your money. It's just for you, but my money's for both of us, essentially, which is bullshit. And I should obviously definitely do the Detroit thing on my own or go to Iceland. Like, you are not a partner. You're not a partner. You turn on me for a split a second. You turn on me out of nowhere. And I deserve way better. I did, I did nothing to be called a stupid idiot. And I did nothing to be called a. So, you know, I'm sick of your abuse. So go find. Oh, I'm going to get a car right now. All right, bye.
1: Oh, did
2: she say she was going to go to Iceland?
1: Yeah, so at one point in the voicemail, she says, like, maybe I should just go to Iceland like I should. You're not a partner with me. Um, Your money is for you, but my money is for both of us. Yeah,
2: I heard that part.
1: And then obviously the
2: sarcasm when she was like, so glad I got a text message about how sorry you are.
1: Yeah, like, I literally could, like... Because I can be a pretty petty person sometimes. And so, like, I could hear myself. And, like, in that, when she said that, like, so glad you got the take. Like, I could hear myself in her <laughs> language there. Um, Did you catch, though, what she says at the very end? She's like, oh,
2: hopping in a car, bye. And hung up. Yeah. Which is weird because she just said she was at a different hotel.
1: No, she said she got a ho- a room at that hotel. So she got her own room. At the Sunshine Inn It's what she says, but that has not been verified.
2: And that, yeah, so if she got into the room, why would she be hopping in a car?
1: Well, we do know she's really drunk. At yes, night.
2: yeah. Well, the wine, right, with the pizza. Yes.
1: Yeah. So, I don't know if she was just... Like saying things that were kind of popping into her head, you know, like I am gonna get like she's thinking I'm just gonna get my own room, but then like she doesn't follow through with that mm. would be, I guess. Hmm. So, like the fact that she says though, like I'm getting in a car is probably like the least surprising thing, right, in that voicemail because she's literally hitchhiked like hitchhiked her way across the country so I don't think that hopping into a stranger's car is really out of the ordinary for her.
2: Yeah, I agree.
1: Um kind of what is though out of the ordinary is when Eddie wakes up the next morning he's alone so she isn't there which obviously how could she be in the room? Right, right. She didn't have a key.
2: So did he say that? Did he say he was like worried when he woke up and she wasn't there cuz
1: Yeah, so in some of the research I read, he says, like, he wakes up and he's worried, but then is like, oh, duh, like, she couldn't have gotten to the room. So he calls her, like, around 8 a.m., and she does not pick up.
2: Hmm. So at this point, he's probably just thinking she's still angry with me or whatever.
1: Yeah, and Kelly did not file that police report that she had threatened about the stolen car Um, but we know from video surveillance footage that her car was parked in that same position overnight so it's not like she got in her car drove away and came back Um, it's been in that same position since she got back like with the pizza
2: so since there's video surveillance did they see then if she actually did hop into a car when she said she was going to
1: Well, there are reports, and I'll talk about it later on, that she was seen getting into a gray four-door sedan, like a silverish gray, Mm. of an unknown make and model. But I never saw that verified, um, even on that Facebook group, where they've done such a great job about, like, you know, like, fine-tooth combing every piece of evidence. They have not been able to. To find any information about that beyond allegedly she was seen getting into this type of vehicle. Okay. We don't know with who or if that actually happened.
2: But her car, which is, it runs perfectly fine. And
1: that's the weird thing. Like, why wouldn't she have driven her own car someplace? Right. We have no idea, but we do know at 9 a.m., Eddie is seen on that video surveillance moving things around inside Kelly's car. But police, when they check it, really note nothing of interest. And at first I was kind of like, that's really weird. Yeah, Why would you be in her car? But then you have to think about, like, they were living together. They packed up all their belongings into two vehicles. I read his wallet was in her car mm-hmm. because they have been, you know, in one vehicle. Right. And After like, his transmission. Was, yeah. Right. And so he was, like, getting, like, his wallet out and things like that. So like, I don't think it was, like, him trying to, you know, cover up something
2: right car,
1: right so roundtree is the lead investigator on this case and he says that several people at the motel reported seeing kelly around like that 12 1 a.m time frame just kind of walking like toward downtown with her guitar slung over her shoulder so she's like in transit
2: again why not take your car especially
1: if I- you're mad I think this was just kind of her way of clearing her head. Like she oh, like needed okay. to walk, you know. That makes sense. Because she leaves behind her purse, her ID, and her credit cards. So I don't think that she intended this to be like a long like kind of runaway. Like I think mm-hmm. it literally was just like I need to clear my head. Okay. Roundtree said there were unverified reports that her cell phone last synced with Google about an hour after that voicemail was left in an area called Dowling Avenue. And that was about a mile away from Sunshine Inn, but there's been no activity since then. And that voicemail that you guys heard with those haunting words at the end are the very last we have heard from Kelly. Gosh. Several reports say that Eddie would go on to drive around in Kelly's car looking for her. Now, I both find this comforting and confusing. Like, I feel like her car should have immediately been turned over to police.
2: Right, right? to search for evidence or anything. Exactly.
1: But I also understand that, like, in that moment, he had no other way to look for her. So, again, like, I don't think that points makes him guilty that he's driving her car. I think that's just the only thing he can do at that time. Right. So in the part two of that Unsolved Florida article, um, Roundtree said that because of their relationship and the history of violence, Eddie is being looked at, like, obviously. Right. Right. But he's also been cooperative with the investigation. Like, he's undergone about 13 hours of interviews with police, and he is responsible for posting most of the missing flyers around that town.
2: Okay, so he's, again, like he's either putting up a good front or he really truly is concerned and maybe even gets why he's being looked at Mm -hmm. because he admitted to the violence.
1: Mm -hmm. Roundtree said there are several other people under suspicion. I did not really find where they talked about um, any other people. There were um, a couple from the hotel, but like like I said, not something I would really want to mention if we weren't 100% sure Uh of their involvement. Uh So there's actually been a team of investigators working on this. So they've done 15 ground searches for her. They've used cadaver dogs. They use drones. Um, Kelly's friends have hired former law enforcement officers turned private investigators and they like, kind of have a headquarters in Gainesville, and they say, and this is according to that investigator with that group called Michael Thompson, quote, somebody in Live Oak knows what happens, what happened to Kelly, end quote.
2: Well, again, like you were saying, a bunch of people saw her around, like, one o'clock, so... Mm -hmm.
1: And he actually, so this investigator said that his team has looked into Addie's past. He's retraced the couple steps leading up to her disappearance. And even went as far as to track down several alleged sightings of Kelly in South Georgia. um, Which turned out to be, like, not her. Mm -hmm. But they believe what happened lies in those details of what the couple did in the days leading up to July 15th. Because like you said, like, if you think about it. In those few short days in Florida, what was that, like four, five days, something Mm -hmm. like that, she's introduced to a lot of people, and she is a very trusting person. So we know for sure, right, that she met people at whatever Mexican restaurant they ate at. Where they
2: went to twice. Yes. And camped out back of.
1: Yes, we know she could have met people at the car shop where they dropped the truck off. And
2: have been to multiple times. Or any of the places they went to looking for parts around the area.
1: Yeah, they've stayed at two different hotels. Mm -hmm. They had their pictures drawn together at a place called the Frame Shop and Gallery. So, I mean, there's been several places, and not to mention like from what I gather, the Sunshine Inn is a pretty happening place. Mm-hmm. So, and for me, the one dude, like, going into Eddie's room to say, hey, your chick's outside crying. Like, they, he doesn't know you. That's like, a
2: good much, point. How yeah. much
1: talking have you done? You've been there a day.
2: Yeah, most people wouldn't get involved with something like that.
1: Yeah, because... Like, first off, most of the time, you're going to have no idea who's in the room next to you in a motel.
2: Right. I've and the fact that, Right.
1: And the fact he knows their names and knows that if he sees Kelly crying that her boyfriend is staying in room 70, that's a lot of information for me. Uh,
2: that is... When you put it that way, that is a little bizarre.
1: Mm-hmm. And... Well, I want to say, I do think, for the most part, in the beginning stages, things go quickly in Kelly's case. So, she's considered missing by the 16th. She goes missing on the 15th. Her car is inventoried on the 17th. Eddie, however, rolls out of Live Oak on the 18th, leaving behind his truck and taking Kelly's car.
2: (gasps) They let him take her car?
1: Yep. Another Mm. thing that I think says a lot for this case few words, is that on August 13th, the Live Oak Police Department searched rooms 70, so the room that Kelly and Eddie were supposed to be in, and
2: room 69. Oh, where the guy was who had all the insider
1: info. Right, because why would you search his room? Unless there's
2: some reason that there might be information in there.
1: Yeah, and I haven't seen... Where I've read that really anything groundbreaking was discovered unless it's just something police are not telling the public at this time, which Mm -hmm. we know that they do. Mm -hmm. So there's been a nearby farm in the area that has been searched. From what I read, nothing was found. According to WTXL News, Kelly may have left the hotel, like I said, in that unknown um silver sedan but I did not see that verified anywhere um, I saw it mentioned in a literally this house I heard that in a comment on a post mm. in that Facebook group mm-hmm. right Um. there are reports again in a comment on that post that Kelly's phone pinged at like 2 10 a.m and 4 53 in the days that followed her appearance her disappearance but like I could not find that verified on other timelines okay um so Allison I do feel like you are so good at developing theories about cases what would your theory be about what happened to Kelly that night so I'm actually
2: and obviously I can be completely wrong well, but yeah. I'm not getting the feeling that Eddie was involved Mm -hmm. instead I'm getting the feeling like this is one of those situations where perhaps Kelly was trusting as she always had been without you know a a negative reaction but now that's happening like if she was upset and she had been drinking Mm -hmm. right so you know maybe her Reactions were slowed or whatever, but the fact that she said she was getting into a vehicle, I believe her, mm-hmm. because her own vehicle was there and she had access. Well, no, he took her keys, so she couldn't get in her own car right? to go anywhere. So if she went somewhere, she would have to get into a vehicle since we have no proof that she did actually rent a room. Mm -hmm. Maybe, you know, because she had hitchhiked before, she was like, well, you know what, I'm just going to go find a bar and play in it. Or, you know, if people saw her with her guitar, or she was like, I'm going to go camp out, maybe Mm -hmm. back at the Mexican restaurant, or, you know, it could be anywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do believe that she got into a vehicle. That's my gut telling me Mm -hmm. that. And someone took advantage of you know of kelly in that situation and so i I think that detective is right i think somebody knows something but it's gonna take really pushing people in that live oak area to come forward
1: yeah i agree and i don't know if it is eddie or if it is the guy from room 69 like something also in my gut feeling says that it may not be like i think like you she's just such a trusting person that she may have trusted the wrong person and Mm -hmm. we know she's got into strangers cars before so maybe that's what's happened this time which i think will make her case even more difficult to solve yeah kelly was described as free-spirited she spent a good majority of her life traveling around the country in a stranger's car or couch surfing on a stranger's couch. At first, many thought that maybe Kelly needed a break from life, and she disappeared for a bit, living that free lifestyle she loved so much. But everyone who knows her agrees that she would be home by now, and she isn't. Something must have went wrong. Sleuthhounds, Kelly's case is so new and so fresh that we have the power to make a big difference. We have a chance to make a difference. With every case, we urge you to come forward if you know the smallest detail because the littlest details can make the biggest difference. And the same is true for Kelly's case. Kelly Brannon is now 37 years old. She was 36 at the time of her disappearance. She's a white female with brown eyes and black hair with gray streaks. She's approximately five foot four inches tall and 130 pounds. There's a $1,000 reward being offered by Crime Stoppers. Anyone with information can call 386-208-TIPS. Again, please like and join us on our Facebook page, Coffee and Cases Podcast, to continue the conversation and to see images related to this episode. As always, follow us on Instagram at Coffee Cases Podcast and on TikTok at Coffee and Cases Podcast, or you can always email us suggestions to podcast at gmail.com. Please tell your friends about our podcast so that more people can be reached to possibly help bring some closure to these families. Don't forget to rate our show and leave us a comment as well. We hope to hear from you soon. Stay together. Stay safe. We'll We'll see see you next week.